Okay, hey, and welcome back to the Photo Facts Podcast. We're episode 52. We're here with Imogen speaker, Dan Rowe. Imogen 2015, the PPA's premier national or worldwide convention, because I'm sure we'll have people from around the world. Dan, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm pretty excited. Oh, we're absolutely totally excited, uh, especially since you're like speaker number four. We're getting to interview, so you're like really on ball kind of getting this thing rolling. No one will ever say that about me in any scenario ever again, I can guarantee you. It was dumb luck to get in early, I guess. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. All right, so let's go ahead and just jump right into topics. Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about your class that you're going to have at Imaging. I think you're doing the pre-con class. Yeah, we're doing a pre-con. It looks like we're doing uh, three of them, kind of back-to-back-to-back, I guess. Um, it's basically focusing on, on what makes my workflow from the time I get the person in front of me um, the simplest it can be. It's based around big modifier lighting and not just using the big modifier as a main, using it as a kicker sometimes. A lot of people, you know, will use something as a as simple as a strip for a kicker and those are great, but I like to kind of mix it up and throw a big modifier in there and get more of a wraparound from time to time. Um, but that said, the basics of the class, um, are using big modifiers as the main so that, you know, my light's more forgiving. It, it, the modifiers I like to use a lot more than any um, have a certain punch to them. They're not just a big, soft, you know, kind of muddy softbox looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use them on locations. I take uh, assistant with me at every session I do. I don't have to worry about wind blowing over light stands, things like that. But the bottom line is I can work so quickly and so fast and concentrate more on getting unique looks and different poses for each session and not have to worry about light placement being perfect. It's forgiving. I like to call, the way I like to light, I use the term sloppy rim rant. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> it really is what it is. But it, the light source is so big and forgiving that, you know, it, it, it's good enough, and it stands out, and it sets me apart from my competition. Wow, that, I, I love the way you're going with that. So it's sloppy Rembrandt. I think that's sloppy new, Rembrandt. Yeah, yeah, that's a new word you can coin at Image in USA. I've been trying for a few years now. Hopefully, it'll catch on. Now. Well, hopefully, well, just you know, put that up on your program. Say, hey, please ta- hashtag sloppy Rembrandt <laughs> Image <in> USA. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you know, I actually went and looked at some image of your website. We've actually met before at After Dark two or three years ago, and uh, I've I've seen absolutely a huge change. I think from the last time I saw your website three years ago. That you're really concentrating on seniors. Yeah. And you're really doing that in a complete different way than most people are doing it. It's almost as though you're creating a fashion market for the seniors. Yeah, you know, uh, I can't really describe why I'm doing that other than it's just. Here's the best way to sum it up. When, okay. you know, when I'm talking to people about uh, just about shooting a senior session, I always kind of say that I'm shooting for five different people. Okay, and it kind of goes in this order. This is where my kind of selfishness comes in. <laughs> Foremost, I'm shooting for me because at the end of the day, this becomes a job like any other unless I'm motivated in ways that keep it from being like that, if that makes any sense. So I'm shooting for me first. That sounds selfish, but I've been lucky enough to find a way to make money doing that. So me first. Second is mom because mom's writing the check. Right. Third is grandma. Fourth is everybody else, and fifth is actually the senior. Because the senior, believe it or not, in my opinion, is the easiest to please. Because the seniors, more often than not, are a lot more worried about what everybody else thinks. 
than what they think. So the senior part and really tailoring to the senior is more about them having fun in their experience and less about the images. Now, I'm very careful to say that it's not that the images are unimportant because that's not true at all. Right. But it, for the seniors, typically the, the, the seniors' overall summation of the experience is less about the actual images you're giving them and more about the experience where everybody else in line, it is more about the images. Wow, that's I've never thought of I've never heard anyone mention that way and always put and putting the senior down at the right. But you're correct. The seniors are really more concerned about how they're perceived to everyone else on social media. Right. Right. Now with a lot of photographers going or, you know, there's a big trend of trying to get away from the digital delivery more towards the wall print type thing. Sure. Are you still riding that fence where you're doing a little bit of both or you're going for one market or the other? This is this is the absolute first year that we've ever offered digital files at all. And you know, there are a lot of people that have that have been having, even in the senior market, a lot of people have been having major success with high Quite frankly, higher numbers than what I'm producing. We're at about a $1,500 average for our seniors. Um, I know some people that are doing mostly, um, you know, mostly digital delivery, and they're up in the $2,000 to even $4,000 range. I'm wow. not cool with that. What I've kind of done is, in my higher packages, I've included one or two digital files. Now we do offer the digital files at a pretty high price point if they wanted to buy them all. But every time that that scenario has ever come up. I've always solved the issue by asking, okay, what do you want the files for? And the answer is always the same. I just want to have them. Well, my answer is, well, I'm going to have them. I'm not getting rid of them. You know, I make my money selling you prints. So not just now, but in five years, if you call me and you want to buy a print, it's best for me if I have that digital file to sell you. So um, I just don't have a lot of clients that ask for that. And when they do, they're asking because they think they should, not really because they have an actual need for it. You know, so I'm I'm more of a wall portrait guy. That's what our business is geared around. We don't do a whole lot of albums. We're starting to do more and more, um, but mostly the wall portrait is is what I'm geared toward. And it's it's I think I'm unique in that I am that way. But the vast majority of my clients, you know, come from under fifty thousand dollar a year um, incomes. I mean, it, we're in a pretty poor area here in Southern Indiana, to be quite frank, especially where I'm at. Wow, that that's awesome. You know, I was looking at the, some of the information you gave us for the interview, and I'm really curious to hear about this road trip thing you do with your seniors, taking 20 or 30 out on a road trip yeah. and creating portraits. So can you tell us how that idea evolved? You know, there are a lot of people that are doing uh, – well, I got the idea initially from uh, Travis Googleman. Um, you remember Travis, you know, from After Dark Days, Travis right, uh, right. kind of come and hang out with us there quite often. And, you know, Travis did many other things besides After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, Travis kind of got me started on the safari. And I wanted to take it in a little bit different spin, and it slowly evolved over time. But we started initially, I think we took 17 kids on a road trip to Nashville. Nashville's about three hours away. We were just talking about that, you know, imaging. Right. This year. I'm excited. <laughs> But uh, we took about 17 kids about three hours away, and the first time we did it, we did a really, really dumb thing. We rented vans, and we drove the kids ourselves. And uh, talking to other people, I'm not an insurance or a law expert, but talking to other people in that realm of expertise, <laughs> that's not a good way to go because they're always going to go for the deep pockets, and if you're the one behind the wheel, 
well, you're the de facto deep pocket. You're it. <laughs> Something's going to happen, you know. So um, I, I'm always kind of a worst case guy in my head. And what we've evolved to is now we we charter a bus. So the program in itself is not really that different than any other senior model program. We open up applications. Uh, it's getting earlier and earlier, but it seems like uh, our sweet spot has been right about November. Uh, or uh, right Thanksgiving break for schools, we open up right. the application, we, we take applications, I don't even put a deadline on it, I kind of take it open-ended, but we'll have a meeting sometime around in February or so, and we'll bring all the kids and parents in and make a big hoopla about it, you know, throw throw some prizes at them, throw some cash in the air at them, things like that, get everybody really excited. <laughs> the whole gist is to kind of build them into their purchases later on in the year. Um, the trip itself we rent a charter bus. Uh, the last two years, I've rented a place called the City Museum in St. Louis. And I don't know if you've ever been or heard of it, but the best way I can describe it is a wealthy sculpture artist who, by no account other than my own estimation, liked to trip on a lot of acid. Uh, <laughs> this adult playground, and I say adult in size, not in any other meaning. <laughs> It's, it's a massive building. I want to say it's 10 or 11 stories tall. Um, he's got – there's a school bus hanging over the building. There's an 11-story um, uh, slide that comes down, a spiral like staircase slide deal. I mean, it, this place is just unreal. And photographically, it's an awesome playground. So I've kind of figured out some ways to rent that place and have it all to myself. I take these, these 30 you know, or so kids, however many we can fit on the bus, basically. Take them up there. We shoot images. I do all these kids by myself in about a three-hour period. So I'm toast for about a week after we do this. Um, wow. The last two years, we've been able to really pull it together and pull it off. The kids have a blast because they're playing. You know, while we're not goofing around, they're doing things. And I'm just taking this massive group of kids and just making unique images. That Are they the best images? No, but they stand out. You know, and, and you know, part of what I'm able to do with big modifiers, I can move quicker. Um, we make their rep cards. Now, the rep cards, senior rep programs, you'll hear a lot of people say they're dead. In my opinion, I don't get a whole lot of referrals directly from those rep cards. To me, it's almost just kind of something that we do to make my reps feel special and to build a little bit of buzz during that trip and then when I initially throw the stuff online. The rep cards themselves, to be quite honest, I think are a waste of money, and I'm trying to figure out a way to get away from them. Uh, but at this point... The trip gets a lot of buzz going. The, we have people from the time we leave on that trip, two years in advance, seniors are calling us, hey, when's the application for my senior year? You know, so wow. we did, uh, I think we ended right at 90 seniors. I have, to, I have to check that, but I think we ended right at 90 seniors for the year. 30 of those were reps, and my reps are a higher dollar average than what my seniors typically are. Wow, that are, so. That, that's incredible numbers. And and so it must be working. If you have people, if you are having the sophomores and the juniors calling you up way ahead of schedule, that's got to work. I think so, yeah. I think so. Um, I think, you know, the key for something like this is you have to, you know, the trip is free. That's, that's something I didn't mention. My kids don't pay for the trip when they go on it, but they do pay a deposit. So now it's up to me to when I, when I actually shoot their senior sales session, which will be later on mixed in with everybody else's, when I do shoot their session and go into their sales session, then it's up to me to make sure that I have products that are discounted enough that I can make up that deposit they've made, make up my cost for the trip, and have them still end up with more money in my pocket than my average senior. 
Does, it, does that make sense? Oh, so yeah, absolutely. The, the trip is free, but I'm giving them stuff on the back end or giving them chances to purchase things on the back end that they almost can't not take. That right. guarantees, even though I'm taking a lot of money up front, I'm paying for this trip, you know, we're talking several thousand dollars um, for this trip, but it's still, it's a, it's, you know, it's a nice little cash infusion, 30 times, you know, 200, you do the math right there. That's a nice little bump for, hey, give me some money right now, and let's go that, play. <laughs> that's awesome. And, you know, I, I like the way you touched on this, because maybe you haven't thought about it in your head or vocalized on the show. It's about the experience of that kid. When you okay. take him to St. Louis, they're going to get images that none of their other friends taken yep. by local photographers in the area. So you've actually, it's not even a competing thing. You've removed your clients, yep. took them someplace completely they would not visit, and yep. gave them images that maybe for some photographers they would want a more finesse lighting style, but you've gone above and beyond to give them an experience, and that's why you're succeeding. I, I think so. I think that's definitely, and and not just with the trip. That's that's the key to everything I do. Be able to do it quick. Be able to do it well. Of course, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I don't by no means do I think my images are subpar, but I'm able to make above average images at a much quicker rate than most people can, so I can concentrate more on that experience. I mean, my kids go away saying that dude is nuts, but he's so much fun. You know? <laughs> what I want. That's what I want my business to be. I know very few people that have businesses where um, that that main experience generator is like me, and those businesses don't do well. You know, I mean that that to me that's that's the easiest way to stand out. Um, and you know, like I said, I we're we're not big time doing ninety seniors a year, but we're a home based business, and I think as far as home based businesses go, we're at the top tier of that as far as what we're bringing in. So. Oh, I, I would definitely say your images are not subpar by any means at all. I've spent a good little amount of time on your website, and I was like, oh, my God. Well, I apologize about the time because that thing takes forever to load, but I just I like, I like to kind of show – you mentioned that website, and um, you know, we redid it last year, I think. Um, but what I think was – what I wanted more so than anything else to convey was I want not just a few kids up on the website – I want everybody up on the website, and there is darn near an image, sometimes more image, more than one image, from every single session we've shot over the last year in our senior gallery, so it takes forever, I mean forever <laughs> to load. It's like 30 seconds to load up the first image of that gallery. Um, it, it, it takes a while, but I think the experience is great because the people that are looking at that, I mean, those images like, oh, my God, is there no end to what I'm going to see? And the wide variety that you did in seniors, you know, it's not your standard, okay, stand here by the waterfall in my same hometown that I'm going to shoot the next 50 seniors by. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely very unique, without a doubt. Thank so you. now, uh, talking about your program a little more at imaging, yep. I don't want you to give away any secrets because I want people to come to your program and get excited. Sure. But what do you hope your students will take away from that experience with you? Well, okay, so, you know, I, I've kind of hinted on this already. I think the most important thing about a – well, really about any photographer, not just a senior shooter, is to be able to give your client an experience so that those images not only are great pictures, but they're tied to a really, really good memory, a really good, fun, happy time, right? Right. So, what I'm doing in my program is giving what I think is a very important tool to allow that to happen. 
I'm giving ways that you can use lighting that are very forgiving. You know, I mentioned I use I use a uh, an assistant. That assistant doesn't have to know exactly where to point a light. I can actually point on the ground and say, Kyle, go stand here. And Kyle can take that big 64-inch modifier and stand right there. And you know what? If he's a foot or two off, it's really with one person. It's not going to make that much difference. You know, I can still work with that lighting, and it's still in the realm of very good. Um, so it's just one thing that's less to worry about. I shoot completely manual. I can move very, very quickly the way I do things. And I don't really have to worry about that. I know no matter what type of person gets in front of me, I can give a really strong image. So I can concentrate on talking to them, having fun. You know, I don't meter. I'll show kid or show uh, people how I how I can do this without metering. I have metered. I'm familiar. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I know what is in a workable range. But as I'm talking to people, I can pop off a couple of pictures that are basically test images as I'm still conversing with this kid. They don't even realize I'm posing them yet. And I've got my exposure within a tenth of a stop of exactly where it needs to be, balanced in an ambient light environment. You know, so, so that's what I want people that come to my programs to take away. I want them to have a tool that they can jump in very, very quickly with, that they can use to improve that experience and concentrate on the things that I think matter most in any photography business. Wow. I, I don't know how you're going to do that in two hours, but I'm going to see if I can pop in and see how this is going to happen. Well, the problem is I can do it in about 10 minutes, so i got to figure out how to, spill, how to fill those. <laughs> now, we're we're going to have fun. I'm actually I'm bringing, uh, I'm bringing some kids down with me from my actual uh, that are seniors that I've shot this year. Um, and I want, you know, we could get some agency models and, and do things like that, but I want people to see how I can take these kids that, yeah, I may have a little bit of a rapport with these kids, but these are just kids. They're not models. And how they can actually do it with the same kids I've done and direct them very simple, very easily, and not have to worry about the light because the light needs to be the simplest part of this all. And I think I found a way to do that, and I'm sharing. I want to share that with people. Well, that is that is awesome. Okay, so here's a great Bazinga question for you today. Uh, Bazinga. It's a Bazinga question. Uh, Jim and I were looking at your profile, and and obviously I was like, oh God, I know that guy, and uh, you know. No man crush going, but you got a perfect head. I mean, it's just like gorgeous. I do, I do, and I actually have a face paint. I never show people the back of my head in my pictures. Because I do have a face painted on the back. <laughs> I'm not sure why I do. It sounded like it was going to be funny. I don't think it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I had uh, when I was in eighth grade. I can remember the very first time I was nicknamed Baldy. I have not been blessed with hair in my life whatsoever. Um, I wasn't actually bald at that time, but by God, that it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And that was when the, the, the spiky-headed mullet thing was really Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I, that was bad. That was really bad. So we, uh, I got married to, oddly enough, a hairstylist. Uh, <laughs> years now. And she always jokes that, you know, she was supposed to marry, like, Fabio or something. <laughs> not, not, not Mr. Clean. <laughs> she, you know, got screwed in the deal. Um, oh my god, that is hilarious. So, yeah. with that beautiful head you have, if you were a superhero, what would be your power? <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a lot to choose from. I keep it nice and shiny, so I mean, shiny to me thinks diamonds. You know, maybe I could run through walls with my head. You know, 
I, in college, I did once win a fight because the guy punched me and broke his hand. So maybe there is something to my hard-headedness. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is awesome. Okay, so you got to get like a Superman cape for Imogene and just put diamond head on it. <laughs> I, I will. I will. Superman, cape, Superman cape and a, you know, yes, a cape and a Speedo. That really, that really fits about how I normally run around those things anyway. So that should be all right. That That's be- awesome. Well, that would take care of at least 15 minutes of your presentation. <laughs> So back to one last serious question. Uh, You know, I really, uh, Jim and I both are really big advocates for the PPA and uh, professional organizations. I'm sure you are as well. But if there's something that you could change about the way the PPA is today, Uh, what would it be? uh, All right. Yeah, I have a very good answer to this, I think. And, uh, you know, okay. You run a chance of hurting someone's feelings with a question like this, but but I don't think this is any one person or even a group of people's really, really there uh, a cause of anything they did. It's just how they how things have changed. But I'm in Indiana, and Indiana does not have a very strong state organization. So what I would love to change about the PPA, I mean, it's a great national organization, but I would really love to see somehow more regional, or not regionally, but more smaller groups kind of splinter off. Not even really splinter off, but more smaller groups find ways to join together um, so you can do things more often than, than like an Imaging USA, which is, which is fantastic and great um, and provides a lot of tools, but I would like to see that person-to-person interaction happen more than it does. You know, I, down here in southern Indiana where I'm at, you know, there's a few meetup groups, but really nothing. You know, you look at you look at some of the really strong organizations. Uh, Iowa comes to mind. Iowa has a strong organization, but they also have a lot of smaller, you know, splinter organizations as well. I would I would love to see somehow that happen more than than is the current state with PPA. And I'm sure that's something they you know that they're working on. And, and uh, I can't imagine or even fathom how hard it would be to bring something like that together. You know, somebody I'm going to get a call from somebody later <laughs> on. You have any idea how hard that is? But uh, that's, that's really the one thing I would change. I mean, as far as the national organization is concerned, I don't see how they could do a better job than what they're doing. Really, you know, I mean, they they, you know, with the program I'm doing, you know, a, a hands-on program, they're starting to concentrate more on, well, not less of the platform stuff because that stuff is important, but they're 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 throwing that into the mix now. And I think this is the second year they've done the hands-on type stuff, if, if I'm correct. Um, right, but uh, you know that's that's very important because there's a massive you know like me there's a massive group of people that that don't really learn from sitting and listening to somebody so much as getting their hands dirty and getting involved and getting getting uh, getting together with the experience. So um, national PPA, I don't, I think it's pretty sweet the way it is. I just like <laughs> to see them kind of you know do a little bit more on the local end of things. So a little bit more of that grassroots revival type thing. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, how do you do it? I got no idea. I'm not the guy for that. But when it gets done, tell me. I'll be all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure you can expect a phone call soon, and you'll yeah. be the new president of the local organization. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Well, uh, awesome. It's been great talking to you. Do you have anything else you want to add to some of the new people that may be coming to Imaging USA this year for the first time? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think I think it's very, very important as a, as a new person, you know, I've been in this, this business a little bit now, and you know, with the, we talked about After Dark. The, the oh, absolutely. Before you know, I have 
I have a lot of people I know. So I can go to any of these industry events, walk into a room, and I'm going to see a handful of people I can walk up and kind of just hang out with. But that didn't happen overnight. You know, I was new in this business like everybody else was. And the very first convention I went to, by dumb luck, I stumbled into a group of people and, and made friends. And that whole thing just kind of exploded. So my advice to anyone that's a kind of a first-time big convention person, walk up to people. Introduce yourself. You don't even have to have an idea what you're going to talk about. Just introduce yourself. And you know what? If you're with a group of people and you're not, you're not molding into them, Go to another group of people. It's very important to network and interact. That is the, the biggest, biggest experience you can take from one of these things is to get people that you can bounce ideas off of in the future, learn from in the future, and you know, just friends that you can have when you need friends. So interact. Don't, don't be a wallflower. That's, that's my biggest advice. Wow, that that's actually what a lot of speakers have said so far. So I, I can definitely imagine this is going to be a great social gathering for you know skilled photographers at any level to meet up and develop those lifelong relationships that are going to be great for networking in the future. I think so. I think you're right. That's outstanding. Well, listen, we really appreciate your time on the PhotoFacts podcast today, Dan, and we look forward to seeing your presentation at Imaging USA. Look forward to seeing you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rob. Oh, no.